Hello, hello, everybody. It's your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Resonance Podcast, episode 11, part 3. This is a continuation from the last episode. I had to stop it short because uh, I was coughing and hagging all over the place. But um, like I said, we're going to continue this. Um, we're going to continue the, uh, the transfers list from uh, the college basketball transfers list um, from Division One. Basically, we'll get into that. Um, also, we'll get into the the, the new item. Uh, Andy Davis uh, just got traded. Uh, I had I aired the show on Saturday morning, and I guess he got he got traded Saturday night. So we're gonna get into that, and that's obviously that's huge news um, as he heads to the Lakers. Um, so we'll definitely get into that. Plus, we'll get into the second round gems. We have a little little game I'll get into with that. Basically, I, I'll split it up in positions. You know, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, etc. Um, I picked three players that are probably projected in the second round, first round, but more more so, I would, I, you know, I, there might be a few guys that might be first rounders, but they are genuinely in that second round bubble. So, I'm gonna. Pick three players out of each position that I would probably see being in the second round, and I expect them to be a gem. Like they'll have a great NBA career. What I project them to be have an NBA career. So we'll get into that at the latter part of the show. So, like I said, we'll start with the big news: Anthony Davis going to the Lakers. Um, like I said, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um. I thought the Lakers got a good they won that deal. Like they they really won that deal. Like they didn't have to give up. And I wrote this on my uh on the website. Um art, a short article, it wasn't too long, and I wrote that I felt like the Lakers got the good got a, they they didn't have to give up so much. People are saying that they gave up a lot. I don't think they gave up a lot. I think they were able to get um Obviously, one of the uh, top five players in this in the league, and they got they had to give up um, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and um, you know a few you know picks they'll swap picks in later years. Obviously, they'll get the fourth pick for for 2019 for this year's draft, and then the rest of the years, you know 2020, I believe they don't have to give a pick or they have to surrender a pick. And then the 2021 year, the 2022, and then 2023, like, it's it's either protected or unprotected. I think, like, two of those picks are unprotected. The other one is, is protected. So it's like it's not like they're giving up so much. And then I think one year they obviously can swap it. So it depends on, you know, how they finish in the standings that year. So it's like it's it's really not that much for you, for a, get, a guy you get top – you get a top five player – and if he signs long term, like it's it's definitely well worth it. Like they didn't have to. Like the key thing is they didn't have to give up Kyle Kuzma. They still keep Kyle Kuzma, and they gave up guys that you know kind of have question marks. Lonzo Ball has question marks. Um, Brandon Ingram has question marks. He his year ended off of he had a blood clot issue, you know, to end the year. So it's like. This is the best thing that the Lakers could have. Best thing the Lakers could have happened. The best scenario for the Lakers is is them to like wind up with with a guy like that and not have to give up 
you know, their best piece in the, you know, in the whole entire deal. And they had to just give up maybe their, their, their other pieces that were valuable to them, but not as valuable as that main piece, which usually in a, in a trade like that, you'd have to at least give that up. I know that this, you know, the reason why the Celtics weren't able to like, um, get the, weren't kind of backed out of the deal is because of um, they didn't want to include Jason Tatum in the deal. So that opened things up for the Lakers to get them, I mean, to get the deal done. Because I feel like if the Celtics included Jason Tatum and they didn't back down in all those and making a more of a better trade package, like, I, I mean, Anthony Davis would have been in Boston. We wouldn't be talking about Anthony Davis being in Boston right now. And it's just like, I mean, I've had I've had a lot of discussions, over, you know, with a lot of people, you know, I feel like it's just probably was the best move for the Celtics to back back out of this because it's just not a guarantee that he's going to stay long term. And then we all know that Kyrie Urban is like, you know, literally out the door right now. So why would you, and you know, we all we all knew that ever since, you know, he's uh, Anthony Davis switched agents to LeBron James's agent. We all know LeBron James is in L.A., like, wink, wink, like he was going to go to L.A. or he wanted to get himself to L.A. And then it just it made it a, 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 a weird occurrence that the Pelicans got the number one pick in the draft. And then also, um, you know, the Pelicans hired David Griffin, which is, you know, uh, wink, wink. That's LeBron James's old um, general manager in Cleveland. So it's like. It all worked out for LeBron end of the day. Like, it all worked out for LeBron. I mean, people say that LeBron runs the league and this and that. I know it's all conspiracies, but I'm not going to get too deep into that. But I'm just saying, like, it's just just, oh, just a weird occurrence. That's all. It's a weird occurrence that it all landed, you know, it all worked out for LeBron. <laughs> but I'm like I said, I mean, I'm a Boston Celtic fan, so all, I'm always going to be skeptical of it all. But... Like I said, it just the Lakers definitely lucked out, and and I talk about other teams besides the Celtics, but I just have a distaste for the Lakers. So, like, congr- I mean, I'm not gonna say congratulations, but this is what it is. Anthony Davis is with the Lakers, and I'm done talking about it. But all right, so we'll move on to the next topic. Well, like I said, um, like I said, I part got part of the transfer list done. Of the the notable players that will be leaving, you know, um, colleges in the local area to uh, either the mo- moving into a, a local college, which is within this area, or they're moving away, you know, moving to a different um, college outside of this area. But it all it all will relate to any players in this area. So um, we got to the we got through the the the, the media the the immediate eligible players. We got through that list. Now we're going into the, the players that have to skip a year to um, to be eligible to play, which they have to skip a whole entire year, which is the 2019-2020 season. And then the, I think I made a mistake in the last podcast saying that he was from Harvard, but he's from he's from Howard, you know, which is in the MEAC conference, the M-E-E-A-C conference which is a historic black college. He's going to UConn. He's transferring to UConn. So like I said, I, I described him as a dynamic scorer. He's 6'1", 185, 
strong finisher, sometimes flashy at times, very good quicks. Uh, lefty has a street, uh, a street shooting stroke where, you know, he can score at all levels. You know, I think he'll, I think he'll, his transition won't be so bad. I think he'll definitely be a factor and to make an impact right away for UConn once he once he hits the floor. He gets a. By the way, he'll be a year coming in, so he'll probably you know work out for a year go to school of course and then and just you know go in and kill the next the next the following year so like i said i think he'll be really good on a, on a good team he obviously he didn't play on a really good team in howard so now he's playing on a much more talented team in yukon and that's gonna that's gonna benefit him i feel like he's gonna benefit with the talent around him so that that should should be interesting to see how that goes but uh, let's get to the next player. Um, so next player is uh, guard Jared Bynum. Um, he's, you know, he played at St. John's this year. Uh, he's transferring to Providence. So obviously that's a local school. Uh, like I said, I just I just noted that Ed Cooley's uh, done a good job of building that program. You know, they they you have rumors of him going to the, uh, taking the Michigan job because John Beeline is now the Cleveland Cavaliers head coach. So, so Bynum is 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 a, is a talented player. He's five ten, a little bit on the smaller side, but one seventy two. Um, good quickness, can finish well, despite his size, and obviously he's a very good spot up shooter. So, like I said, I've seen the footage of him. He looks, he looks. I mean, he looks like he can get by a lot of people because of his size and quickness. And usually when you're that small, you have to be quick playing at a high level in D1. You have to be a very quick guy, and he, he fits that mold. So we'll have to see how he does. You know, obviously he has to wait a year to be eligible. But like I said, once again, just like R.J. Cole is going into a more talented team. I heard Providence has got a really good recruiting class coming in as well. So like I said, we'll, we'll get all that covered with the rankings that I mentioned. Uh, we'll have a like a top ten local rankings of the colleges in the area, and I, Providence will be right at the top. Like I think they're number two behind Harvard, and you know probably BC. It's probably between those three, Harvard, Providence, and BC. But like I said, that's three right there that you know about. But we'll have to find out what the seven are later on. You know once we get that article for another day. Um, but like I said, he definitely fits that mold as a smaller guy, but very athletic so he should definitely um benefit them he'll definitely benefit them with the town around him in providence so congratulations that cool he's getting that pickup um so next player is noah hotchley um like i said this guy will also be going to providence but he played in north florida this year so that's more of a uh um a transition from st joe's or like atlantic 10 prospect this guy's playing in the, um, I don't even believe it's the Southern Conference or the, it's it's definitely a smaller conference he's playing in. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which conference it is, but he's, like I said, he's transferring to Providence. He's 6'8", 210, um, has, has, um, has to prove that he can play at a higher level. Like, it's definitely going to be a step up because you're playing in the Big East. 
and obviously Biggie's one of the top conferences in the country. You know, top mid major top mid major conferences in the country. I would say, you know, you have your you know your top six. They're probably a little bit over the A ten. So maybe like the sixth or the seventh best conference in the country. So it's definitely a step up from where he was at. So he has to prove that even though he's had he has good numbers, he's a stretch big, can shoot out to the outside, pick and roll, pick and pop type of guy. Um, has a bit of a post game, but still developing it. And obviously he might have to gain a little weight playing at a higher level. So we'll see how he does in that transition two years from now. All right, so the next player is, as we're wrapping up the, the last few prospects, um, Desmond uh, Gainbridge. Uh, he played for Brown this year. He'll be transferring to Nevada. So obviously that's a local school, Brown, that's in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Now he's going in the West Coast to play in Nevada. Uh, definitely a step up from Ivy League all the way to the WAC. So, well, I believe he, I believe it's the way he's the black on Mount West. The conference changes always are frequent the conference realignments, but I believe Nevada plays in the whack. Um, he, so he's six four, one eighty. He's a shifty guard. Um, he has a good, good uh, pull up game. Good, good um, step back. In his repertoire, and I don't know if I mentioned it. Like I said, his name is Desmond Cambridge. He's guard, six four, one eighty. Um, so, like I said, um, I noticed, I, I heard in the um, in the broadcast that I was watching the footage that uh, one of the one of the broadcasters mentioned that he's probably one of the best prospects that Brown has ever recruited. So, it's a huge loss that Brown lost him. You know, now they they got to regroup and, and try to try to replace his production. So, but he's a, he's definitely gonna be an asset for Nevada. I mean, Nevada's losing a few guys to the draft and graduation. I believe Cody Martin is a draft prospect that could get drafted this year. Also, Caleb Martin, the twin brothers, um, they've had a lot of success. You know, leading to Nevada to. Uh, they had two NCAA tournament bids since they've been there, so they've had a lot of success. Now they just gotta find a way to replace that production. And Desmond Cambridge could definitely step in and be can be a, a key cog and all that. So congratulations to him, and hopefully, hopefully uh, he does well in Nevada. So the next prospect we got guard Natefli. Alvarez, um, so he played at Fairfield this year. Uh, now he's going to be transferring to Mercer, which is in you know in Florida, I believe. So like I said, he's going to be playing a probably you know it's kind of a lateral move. Those conferences are similar in talent, talent level and, and competition level. So it's not like he really made a step up or anything. Um, he had a solid role at Fairfield. Maybe it's just because of the location thing. Maybe it's a better location for him that he felt comfortable with. Uh, so waiting height for this uh, player. He's 6'2", 165. So he's definitely a little bit on the slim side. He's going to have to gain a little weight <coughs> to really, uh, really benefit himself if he wants to play and maybe 
overseas or, or maybe possibly NBA, who knows. But he's a very good ball handler. He's known for a good ball handler ever since he got recruited in high school. Uh, very good uh, vi- court vision. Uh, pa- good passer. So those are just a few things about him. Um, so that rounds it up. Just wanted to get through it real quick. Cause I'm trying to squeeze this show to half an hour to a little bit over half an hour. Um it is only a, just a part, a portion of episode 11, so I don't want to go on too long, but like I said, um, we'll get into the second round gems, we'll switch gears with that, um, so like I said, we have a, uh, have a, um, like I said, I mentioned we have a game that we're going we're gonna to play with that, um, like I said, we'll go through each position, that I believe are going to be all second rounders or projected to be second rounders. So let's start uh, with point guard. Um, I have three players that I put down. Um, Jordan Bone um, from Tennessee. I have Shamari Pons from St. John's. And I have Jared Harper, the NCAA tournament hero from Auburn. So, out of all these players, I, I I would have to say the second round gem would, even though I love Jared Harper, I love Jared Harper. I don't think he's going to get drafted, but I think he'll, you know, make hay in a second summer league team, and he probably is a two-way player candidate. But I like Shamari Pons to be drafted in the second round and be a second round gem, mainly because I think he's one of the better scorers in this draft. I mean... When it comes down to scores at that position, I, I mean, you have to look at him. You have to look at Carson Edwards and obviously, you know, the top guys that we all know about. But Samari Parnes is obviously under the radar. Uh, you know, played in the Big East at St. John's. Didn't get a lot of recognition because his team wasn't that good. So, and didn't get a lot of exposure because of it. But he's a, he's an outstanding player. Um, he's been doing this for a while now. He's, just, he's a junior now. So... You know, last year I thought he had a better year than he had this year. I thought he shot the ball better percentage-wise. He shot the ball better, but he scored a little bit more last year on his average. But he's 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 a, he's a dynamic scorer. He's a six-one. I believe he's one-eighty. So he's he's got a nice size. You know, not too not too big, not too small out there. Um, can score at all levels. Your prototypical dynamic scorer. Um, has a multitude of moves he can go to to get by people. Has good quickness, good quicks. Um, like athletically, he can definitely play at the next level. Won't be an issue with him. Is just probably the question mark will probably be maybe his defense. If it is much much of a question mark with him, it's probably his defense and um, his passing ability. Is he how good of a pass? How good of a playmaker is he? Is he a good? Um, is he a good distributor? So that's probably the the main question marks with him, but but I think he'll definitely be an asset for any team that picks him in the second round. He has a potential to be like a six man type of guy that can just be a, a microwave kind of a Jamal Crawford type that can score at will and create offense right away when he once he gets into the game. So 
for the point guard, I would have to say a gem would be Samari Pons out of out of St. John's. They already had shooting guard. I picked three players for that that are projected to be in the second round. I got Dylan Weinler out of Belmont, which is in the small school. Um, Lugatz Ort, uh, Lugatz Dort, which he plays for Arizona State. Um, played in the Pac Pac-12. Um, next player is Terrence Davis out of Ole Miss. Um, Lugat Stewart is, is an interesting prospect. Um, I think he'll be a first rounder though. I mean, he's he's a he's a legacy. He's a border round first, second round pick, bubble type of player. But I think with his athleticism and his size, I mean, he he he's definitely rising. So I don't see him being in the second round. And then Terrence Davis, another guy that is rising, but I see I don't really think he's gonna have much of an impact in the NBA, like people think. So I, I, I ex- <coughs> excuse me. So I expect um, the gem in that position to be Dylan Winder. I like his size at six eight. He's two hundred pounds. Um, he's a knockdown shooter. Like he's really good at locate, uh, relocating. Getting open, moves well without the basketball. Your prototypical JJ Redick ash type of guy that can get open. Um, he also can handle the ball well. Um, out of pick and rolls, I, he he kind. When I see the footage, he kind of reminds me of Gordon Hayward. Like I don't mean to bring up a bunch of Celtic references, but the way he plays, he's like a left-handed version of, of Gordon Hayward. Moves well without the basketball can handle the ball as well, can get to the rim as well. He's not just a shooter. I think he does a lot of other things besides shoot. So he's definitely going to create a lot of value for a team, you know, in the second round. Like, you can't really if – you, if he falls to the second round, that, I mean, that that's a steal. That is a steal. I mean, he, he's he – like like Lugat, like Lugat's uh, Dort, he's a borderline first-rounder. So I just think you can't pick him all in the first round, so he'll fall in the second round and – He's going to be a value to somebody in the second round. But out of doubt. Like, I think he's going to have a very good NBA career. So that's my um, gem for, for the for the shooting guard position. <coughs> so now for a small forward. I'm sorry, I'm coughing. I'm trying to get over this cold, but like I said, I have to get all these shows in. Like, the draft is on Thursday. I want to get a show in on Wednesday. Hopefully, I'll be better by Wednesday. Um... I took uh I took a day off from work just so that way I can kind of uh get over this cold and not let this cold linger. It's been about a week or so since I've been, you know, kind I've been sick. It's been slowly developing over the, over the past few weeks, but hopefully I'm getting over it sooner rather than later. Um but anyways, let's let's get back to uh let's let's get back to what we we're talking about. Um for small forward, I put down three players for that. Um, Lewis King out of Oregon. You know, they say he's a borderline first rounder, but I think he'll be in the second round. Um, Daquan Jeffries, um, he's definitely a second round pick. He's from Tulsa. And then Isaiah Roby, which plays for Nebraska. And um, out of all three of those guys, um, Lewis King is, is a nice piece. He's 
he's fairly young. He's a freshman, so he still has a little bit, little time to develop. But he's an older freshman. I believe he was. I looked at his listing. He was. I think he was 20 years old. So that's an old freshman right there. If I'm not mistaken, by the way, I don't. But I, I thought I'd seen that. But I, Daquan Jeffries, is kind of a one-dimensional player. Pretty much just a slasher. Um, known as as a more of a dunker than anything else. But Isaiah Roby is probably the more versatile guy out of all three of those guys, and I think he has the most value in the second round. And he's definitely going to be a second-round pick because he's a more older guy. I believe he's a junior. So, I mean, he doesn't have much potential because, you know, he's more of an older guy. But uh, his size is definitely a good size. He's 6'8", uh, 230, has a 7'2 wingspan. Um, some some sites say it's a 7'3 wingspan, but that's really good size. Um, you're getting a lot of value with that piece. It's kind of like Jordan Bone. Jordan Bone is one of the more athletic players in the draft, but he's going to be in the second round. I mean, he tested out as the best um, three-quarter sprint guy, best vertical leap guy. But same thing with Roby. Like, far as size goes, you can't have a better guy with great size that can – you know, he can play the three, he can play the four. He's, you know, he's not just the one guy you just stick in one position. He has versatility, um, can handle the ball well, pretty decent rebounder for his size. Like I said, he can play four, has strong enough to play four, can post up a little bit, um, can shoot from the outside, but obviously he struggled with it this year. Last year he shot a little bit better from the field than this year. This year he's kind of lacking in that area so he has to improve on his shooting ability but other than that he has a lot of different skills he's a pretty good passer out of double teams so he can bring a lot to a team in the second round so that's definitely a, a, a valuable pickup if you can get him or he falls to you in the second round um, for power forward I got like I said you know three for every position so we got Shuma uh, Oke, uh, terrible at pronouncing some of these names. There's Chuma Okeke. Um, he's from Auburn. Um, Luca Samanik. He's from uh, Croatia. Um, so that's an international prospect. And then Darius Blazley, you know, from high school. I think he sat out a year or didn't even go to college, but he's a high school prospect. So. I don't think he even. I don't even think he went to Europe. Like he, I think he's just a guy that's just sat out, and just trained a year, and then uh, he's put his name in the draft for this year. So kind of a lot like Mitchell Robinson, but uh, that plays for the Knicks. So out of all those three guys, I would have to say the most. I mean, those. I mean, you got Luca Samani. He has a lot of upside. He's only 19 years old. Um, you know, six eleven to ten. Like that's a lot of lots to like about him. He could, he's you know he's a potential first round pick. He definitely possibly can fall there as well. Chuma, okay, if if he didn't get hurt, he could have been a first round pick, which he got hurt in the tournament. And then Darius Blazley, I mean, he's just very athletic, very 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 slim. He has to gain some weight, but he's he's a very good athlete, a world class athlete at that. Can dunk on people. 
um, has a lot of potential. But I, if I had to pick between those three, I'd probably say Darius, Darius Blazley has to be the best come out of high school. A lot of question marks for those guys. So, I mean, we did see him in workouts. We did see him in, in the combine. He did, he did show up at the combine um, earlier this month. So it's not like a, they, they haven't seen a lot of him. But he's still there's still some question marks because he didn't play college and you don't know how he can uh how he can translate from high school to to the NBA but he's very talented and he's very athletic and I mean he definitely has a ton of upside and I just think he's going to be a value to somebody in the second round if he if he if he can if he can get um if he can put himself in position to to be to put himself in a good position where he can succeed I think he'll um, he'll blossom into a, a potential superstar or something like that, or a borderline superstar, which is something that you know for a second round pick is definitely valuable. You know, you don't expect really much out of a second round pick, so that's definitely a gem in my in my book. So I would say Darius Blazley would be a gem at at the four spot, and then finally for the last position to to wrap things up tonight, um, the center position. We got uh, so basically I picked uh Daniel Gafford, which plays for Arkansas. Um, I got Nas Reed that plays for LSU this year, and I got Sa- Sagaba Konote that played for West Virginia. So I mean I liked all three of these guys this year, very productive guys. Um, Nas Reed is probably the youngest guy. He's he's a freshman, so he has some upside, but. I think Gafford is a sophomore, and he has upside as well. But he probably has the best size out of all three. You know, he's a true 6'11", 235 pounds. Um, he's known for his shot blocking. He can be. He has the potential to be a defensive anchor. Um, pretty good rebounder. Um, not a not an excellent rebounder, but he's a good rebounder. He's he's got potential in that area as well. To to to. He's got some upside to to get better in that area as well with his size and you know has a uh, I believe he has a seven two seven three wingspan so he has a really good wingspan to match that six eleven frame <coughs> so he's definitely uh, looks good for me and then Kanote is is a is an interesting prospect as well I mean if he I mean he's definitely gonna be a second rounder uh, like Gofford and, and Reed I think all these these guys are definitely gonna be second rounders I don't see them in the first round. I think it would be a huge reach if someone gets him in the first round. But Kanoti's an interesting prospect because he's 6'8". You know, he can stretch the floor, shoot the three. Pretty decent shooter. Um, and potentially could be better. You know, I think he, he's he got a nice um, stroke. You know, a nice feel for what he does when he's out there on the perimeter. Can handle the ball well. Um, and he's a really good shot blocker. I think he's one of the better shot blockers in the draft. Knowing that he's only 6'8", he has great leaping ability to really um, be able to swat all those balls away. Um, and then, of course, Nas Reed from LSU. Very versatile guy. Can handle the ball from out to the three-point line. Can can shoot the ball out to the three-point line. Your modern-day um, stretch big. Um, can score inside as well. But I feel if I had to say, like, all right, I want to build around a certain guy or really kind of 
Uh, I aim for a guy that I know is going to give me, you know, productivity from day one. I think Daniel Gafford could be that guy just because he's already played a year already. He could have, he could have, he could have got drafted last year, but decided to stay for another year. And I just think he's going to really benefit staying for that extra year. And even though he might be in the second round, I think he's, um, uh, his, 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 his length is going to be an issue. Um, like I said, uh, like the page, like like my Facebook page, and um, just um, just you know share the site, share the um, podcast, let people know about it. Try to get try to get my site more exposure. Um, but once again, uh, tune in on Wednesday, uh, which. Probably, um, I mean, I will be recording the show on Wednesday, but you'll probably see the upload on Thursday. Um, I'll try to upload it the same night. I'll try my best to upload it the same night. So, yeah, so tune in on Wednesday. I will have the draft preview show. Um, so we'll get, you know, dive deep into all the prospects, any other rumors, any trade rumors or whatever. Um, it's always an interesting night or interesting two days before the draft starts. Obviously, you see what happened, you know, this week with Anthony Davis. Who knows what else could could happen? I heard rumors before I got on air that Bradley Beal is being targeted by the Pelicans. So, I mean, it's a crazy year. I mean, crazy time of the year, and it's it's always exciting because there's always something happening. Just because there's no games being played, it doesn't mean it stops. Like the news always keeps keeps coming and um like i said this part of the year that i love as a basketball fan and and i get passionate about really reporting all this stuff is what made me uh made me get into all this but like i said once again we're gonna leave it at that uh listen to the rims and nets podcast this is your host rob morris i'm out peace